Hello everyone and welcome to episode 88 of the Unlocking British English podcast, a podcast where I talk about a variety of different topics in real British English so that you can improve your listening comprehension, learn a little bit more about British culture and about how to learn languages more effectively. My name is Shane and in today's episode I'm going to talk to you guys about British people and pubs. Pubs are a big part of British culture and anyone who has spent any time in the UK will know that the British people go to the pub quite a lot. In fact, 53% of British people admit to having a drink in a pub within the last fortnight. So within the last two weeks, over half of the British people will have been into a pub to have a drink, statistically speaking, uh, which is quite a lot. For a lot of people, it's it's where they socialise, it's the normal thing to do after they've you know, been at work, for a, they've had a long day at work, or they've had a stressful week. But why is this? Why do people go to the pub so much? Do British people just drink that much? Are we that obsessed with beer? Well, in today's episode, we're going to find out a little bit more about our obsession with pubs. So, um, yeah, that is the topic for today's episode. Just a couple of quick reminders before we jump into it. If you haven't already, it would be great to see you in our private learners group. Uh, it's a free group that you can join right now to connect with other people who are also listening to this podcast, other people who are also learning English just like you. Uh, you can share ideas and recommendations, but you can also connect with me. You can ask questions, whether they be about English or just in general. So if that sounds like something that's interesting to you, then click on the link wherever you are listening to this podcast. In the description, there will be a link for you to join uh, join the free learners group. So yeah, if you're not already in there, it'd be great to see you. Uh, and massive thank you to everyone that's listening that is already a part of the Discord group. So it's uh, great to have you and great to be chatting with you. So uh, yeah, let's get into let's get into the main episode. So uh, the word pub, P-U-B, the word pub is actually shortened um, from public house. Okay, so pub actually means public house. Um, and so a pub or a public house is, of course, uh, an establishment licensed to serve alcoholic drinks. Um, and the term public house first appeared in around about the 17th century, uh, and it was used to differentiate these types of places from private houses, which were, um, you know, literally places that were, you know, more private, you had to be a member or something like that. So before public houses, before pubs, the average person didn't really have like a, you know, a standard place where they could just go and relax and socialize without having to be a part of some kind of group or club or to be affiliated with some kind of identity, right? So before we had these uh, private clubs, which you, you would have to be some kind of member of, either you would be paying some money or you would have to be a part of some certain group, you would have to be friends with the right people or have the right job or, you know, whatever it was. Um, and so a public house was, of course, the opposite. This was a place where um, anyone could come in uh, from any walk of life. They could come in and chat and socialize um, and just have a place to hang out. Uh, and so that was the, the point of pubs. It was a place for anyone to be able to go and just relax and socialize. Um, and actually, you can see this kind of idea reflected uh, in how pubs are often important meeting points in a lot of fictional works, or they'll play um, a part in, in different stories. Uh, Lord of the Rings, for example. Uh, 
people. They often meet in the pub in the earlier parts of the story to be able to discuss plans, different things. And in those types of places, you'll meet all kinds of different people. And that's because everyone was welcome. Um, and so often, you know, pubs will colloquially be referred to as their local. When people talk about going to the pub, they'll talk about going to their local because they're talking about usually the pub that's closest to them, right? There's a few reasons you might choose uh, one particular pub over another, but often they're going to be chosen based on how close they are to either where you live or where you work. And then, you know, if they have good quality alcohol, if there's a nice uh, kind of atmosphere and potentially things like pub games and stuff like that, which we will get into a little bit more uh, as we get into the episode. So there's no super strict definition on what a pub is exactly, but generally speaking, there will be four things that you can use to define a pub. So the first is that it's open to the public without any kind of membership or residency. As we said before, pub is short for public house and it means that anyone can go in there, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, so that's the first thing, it's open to the public without any kind of membership. Um, it serves beer on tap, right, on the, you know, like a pump like you have in the, in the, in the pub, um, without requiring any food to be consumed because, of course, there are lots of places that serve drinks, but often you have to buy food to be able to get drinks and things like that. So if you can go in there as a member of the public without membership and you can buy a drink without having to buy any food, um, there's usually at least one indoor area that is not for eating, right? It's just a general indoor area that you can sit either at the bar or wherever and, and just drink or hang out. Uh, and speaking of the bar itself, you can also buy drinks from the bar, right? You don't have to just sit at a table and wait for someone to bring it over. You can go to the bar and order yourself. So there's no strict definition on how you define a pub, but those four elements are usually, you know, key key parts of it. Um, and so the history of pubs can actually be traced all the way back to Roman taverns in Britain through the Anglo-Saxon times. Um, and the first law that we have regarding drinking and, and pubs and things like that is actually found in the 15th century um, in the year 90, uh, sorry, in the year 1496 uh, under Henry VII, there was an act, a law that was passed against vagabonds and beggars. Uh, basically, this was the first law against um disorderly conduct whilst being drunk right to be so drunk that you don't really know what you're doing you're causing uh causing problems you're making noise things like that so there there was a law that was passed to say that you know essentially that you should try and stop serving people at a certain point so they don't get too drunk and things like that um so we can we can talk about these different kind of um, places, uh, you know, as part of the history of pubs, but it's not until really the 19th century that pubs as we know them today first start to really uh, appear. And so th there's lots of history along the way, um, but commonly in historically, the original pub owners would actually brew their own beer. Um, each individual pub would have its own would have its own brew, would have its own sort of style of beer or ale or cider, whatever it was that they were making. Um, but as popularity grew, as different things happened, there were different laws uh, and things that were introduced to make sure that one, that pubs had uh, a variety of drinks, but also that 
one company couldn't just kind of take over and just be, you know, there's only one company that supplies beer in the whole country or whatever. So there was different things installed and, and that meant that, um, yeah, there were different companies produced and different things. But initially, you know, the owner of the pub himself or herself would... Uh, they would brew the beer and stuff themselves. Um, but of course, even though we associate pubs largely with beer and beer drinking, beer is not the only drink that was being served um, in pubs, especially early on. Um, gin was also a very popular drink to be able to find in pubs. Um, of course, there have been other separate establishments other separate places that have been made um you know kind of for gin drinkers and just for gin lovers and things like that but gin was a drink that started to become very popular as the popularity of pubs was rising um, and one of the main reasons was actually because it was an alternative to french brandy uh, and as british people as i mentioned in some other um, and some other podcasts we've got lots of up and down history with france but we've always been quite petty and so little things like not drinking french alcohol uh, we've gone through periods in in british history where you know if you were seen drinking french alcohol then you were a traitor and you know all these kind of things and so um, there were di lots of different alcohols that started to be um, served in, in, in different pubs. But of course, drinking isn't the only thing that generally happens at the pub. Um, I mentioned before, of course, the the kind of origin of these places is to, you know, is a social thing, right? It's a place where people can go and socialize, can mix and, and mingle with, with different people. Uh, and so the entertainment element is also an important part for a lot of people. Um, there are a few games and forms of entertainment that have kind of become sort of synonymous with, with the British pub. Synonymous meaning like uh, it's like they mean the same thing, right? A synonym is, is two words that mean the same thing. So if something is synonymous with something else, it means like they're directly related, directly attached. Um, and so there are a few games and things that have become, you know, directly linked with the idea of the British pub. Uh, games like darts uh, or snooker uh, or pool, um, things like that. Um, darts is always a bit of a funny one because you imagine darts being a bit of a dangerous game to be popularizing around people that are consuming a lot of alcohol where you're throwing these little, you know, spiky arrows through the air. But uh, it's become and stayed a popular game through um, through the years. Um, sometimes card games, although this is something that you'll find a lot more in small pubs, in, in you know, very local pubs. And occasionally you'll have things like table football. Um, so, yeah, of course, it will depend a little bit on the pub. But, yeah, this, these are kind of common elements of entertainment that you'll often find uh, in most pubs. Uh, and then in modern years, things like slot machines, like the little machines where you can gamble with, like, the... Yeah, slot machines. I'm sure most of you know what those are. Um, they've become like quite more, quite a lot more regular. Um, we we have quite specific laws about gambling in pubs and or gambling in general, but gambling outside of a place like a casino. There's quite specific laws. So um, yeah, the slot machines are something that become popular because they sort of fit within that within those laws and within those rules um uh, and then of course we have things like jukeboxes and occasionally you have 
karaoke and stuff like that where people will sing um, and you know a lot of pubs will even hold their own little mini events you know sometimes it will be maybe it'll be live music from a local band sometimes it might be like a, a karaoke night where they have one night a week where people can you know get up and sing terribly to their favorite songs um, and of course we have the the pub quiz uh, the infamous pub quiz which was thought to be established around 1970 um, and the pub quiz is just where you'll have you know you'll go to the pub with your group of friends you'll you'll form a team and there will be you know a load of kind of general knowledge questions everyone will try and answer the general knowledge questions and the team with the with the best score wins and usually there'll be like a uh, almost like a, a league table, right? Like a leaderboard at the pub. You know that the same groups of people will go every week or every month, and and they'll keep track of who's won over the last, you know, six weeks or six months or whatever. And um, it's a whole thing. In fact, my my stepdad, my my mum's husband, and and his friends, they uh, they enjoy going to do a pub quiz every Wednesday at their local pub. Um, and yeah, it's quite a quite a common thing, and it's quite a fun thing for a lot of people. Another common social element of the of the small local pubs especially is that uh, some pubs in the UK also have their own football teams. Um, again, you know, composed of their regular customers, uh, a few people that, you know, go to the pub a lot, their friends, and they decide that they want to play football together. Um, and so most of these teams will play on Sundays and this is where the idea of Sunday league football comes from. Um, so in the UK we have you know, most like amateur adult football happens on Sunday, Sunday league football. And, um, you know, it might just be your local team, your local little town or village or whatever. But a lot of those teams in those leagues will be pub teams. There'll be teams that are formed, you know, mostly from regulars from the local pub. And so that is another part of the kind of social element for a lot of people as you can actually, you know, end up joining football teams and quiz teams and things like that. Um, alongside the the entertainment, of course, pubs also serve food a lot of the time now. Um, there are some pubs that have a long tradition of serving food and different things because um, pubs also used to be linked to, to inns and hotels and things like that, places where people would stay. Uh, but most pubs were just drinking establishments and there wasn't really much emphasis put on serving food other than little things that we would call bar snacks. So crisps and, and nuts, uh, little things like pork scratchings and stuff like that. Um, generally salty things that would make you more thirsty and increase the sale of beer and, and drinks and more alcohol. Um, but there were some kind of family chain pubs, like big chain pubs, that started to serve food in the evenings and started to get a bit more popular through the 1970s. And then Ever since around the 1990s, pub food has become a bit more of a common part of the sort of standard framework. It's quite common for, for pubs to be able to offer a little bit of food, even if it's just something basic. Um, a pub is not somewhere you would usually associate with a very high quality of food, but it does, it, it does depend a little bit on, on, on your pub and where, um, and where you're going. Um, and so, yeah, the food... Uh, is another part of it. Um, another notable part of British pubs are the signs. Um, a lot of times you'll see, well almost all of the time you'll see outside a pub there'll be a big sign that will hang um, you know outside the door um, and they're, they're usually 
very colorful they're, they're very uh they're usually a bit strange right a lot of them i don't know that they're, they're very visual um and quite odd and they well they attract a lot of attention which of course um is a big part of it you know a, the point of a sign is to be able to attract attention um but actually the one of the reasons that we have these signs and in such notable way um initially it was you, you legally had to have a sign that said that you were that you were selling alcohol um, but another big factor was that actually during the Middle Ages especially, a large portion of the British population uh, was illiterate. And so, you know, they couldn't read, and so pictures on a sign were a lot more useful than words. So the picture on the sign would show you what was happening or what, you know... Um, what kind of place it was or whatever and so um, there was even a trend of you know a lot of places that would open um, and they would have a sign and it would just have the picture and there wouldn't actually be any writing on it because more people would be able to you know interpret the picture than could actually read at that time um, and so that's you know one of the the main reasons that we have these funky colorful uh, attractive signs outside of a lot of outside a lot of uh, pubs and things and then again like a lot uh, another factor was just to be able to um, to be able to well yeah to identify it to know um, that it was in fact a pub because um, not just for the people that wanted to go in there and spend money and to and to buy alcohol but also for people that were inspectors for example there were people that would go round and make sure that everything was was up to code right they would taste the the beer taste the ale make sure it was within you know whatever the laws were they would look at the space that they had and all this kind of stuff um and yeah people would go around and um yeah it sounds like quite a good job right if you like beer to go around to different pubs and taste beer and stuff and so people would would go around and do that um interestingly funny little fact one of the people that used to do that was William Shakespeare's father John Shakespeare he was a, a beer inspector or an ale inspector so he would go around and and taste beers and ales from from different pubs and things so um yeah there so yeah there's there's been like I say, a few different trends and things that have been born from uh, from pubs. We've talked a little bit about uh, the queers and, and, and Sunday football and things like that. Um, another interesting little trend or tradition that has been kind of born from pub culture is something that is called a lock-in. Um, so pubs run under licensing laws that prohibit them from selling alcohol beyond a certain time at night so for example the standard would be 11 p.m so once it gets to 11 p.m uh, you can't sell any alcohol past that time you might be able to stay open uh, allow people to finish their drinks and things like that but then you couldn't sell more alcohol um, and so these laws actually led to what we call lock-ins um, and a lock-in is literally just when a pub owner um, will allow the people in the pub to continue drinking after the legal closing time uh, based on the fact that once they close the doors, once they lock the doors, it becomes a private party rather than a pub. So you would reach the normal closing time um, and what they would do is they would have people pay for drinks before the closing time. They would put their money you know, behind the bar, they would pay for drinks before the end of closing time and then 
the closing time would come, they would lock the doors, now technically it's a private party, and because people had already given the money, they'd already paid, uh, it meant that they could kind of get around these laws of not being able to serve alcohol past this time. So I had given you my money at half past 10, um, the owner locks the door at 11, and then after 11 they start giving me the drinks that I had paid for before they locked the doors. Um, and yeah, it's quite interesting actually because um, these laws around closing times and things like that, it might seem a bit strange to some of you to have these you know, strict um, times where you stop being able to sell alcohol. Uh, but they actually come from uh, from from wartime. Um, these laws were originally brought in um, around 1915 and kind of around the first time of the times of the First World War um, to stop people from factory workers and things like that from going out and getting too drunk at night and then turning up to work drunk in the morning or not turning up to work or different things like that. Um, basically, it was thought that if they didn't do something about you know people drinking, uh, then it would hurt the war effort. That we you know in general we would we wouldn't do well in the war. We wouldn't be producing the stuff we needed to. We wouldn't be you know getting everything done that we needed to. So all these laws around closing times were initially introduced around the times uh, of the First World War, so that our factory workers actually did their job, uh, and the all of the military would have all their you know equipment and, and stuff and you know, all that stuff anyway um so yeah you know the the british pub has been around for a long time um you see some variations and things now there's a couple of things that we see um there's one one thing that we call a gastro pub which just means uh which is just the the joining of like the words gastron gastronomy gastron gastronomy now I can't think of how you say that word, Gastro gastronomy, uh, to do with eating and food and things like that, and pub. Basically, a gastro pub is just uh, a bit of a hybrid, right, of a pub and a restaurant. Generally, you're going to have a lot higher quality food, um, maybe a bit more of a, an advanced menu and things like that. Um, and another thing that's becoming a lot more popular now is what we call micro pubs, um, which is just a very small pub. It's just one room. Um, often they'll have slightly less commercial beers and, and things like that. They might have some more kind of locally sourced things, some more... Um, yeah, maybe maybe slightly more individual kind of things, but um, it's just a bit of a different vibe. Um, and that's the thing with pubs is that everyone looks for a slightly different thing and every pub has its own kind of energy, its own kind of vibe. Uh, and so, you know, different people look for different things. Some people just want to go and have a drink. Other people want somewhere that's, you know, family friendly. Some people want to go somewhere where kids aren't allowed. Uh, some people, you know, everyone looks for something different. So, um, yeah, pubs have been around for a long time, um, but it's not entirely clear that, you know, they will be around forever um, because, uh, since the year 1982, the number of pubs in the UK has declined every year. Um, so every year there have been less and less pubs in the UK, and on average one pub closes every 12 hours. Um, now some of that might just be because we have loads of pubs, maybe there's just too many. Uh, but there are a few reasons that people, you know, think this, this could be happening. Um, you know, some people think it's to do with, you know, just changing times and keeping up with... 
um, customer requirements and things like that. You know, as times change, people want to spend their free time in different places. There's different expectations and maybe pubs don't tick everyone's boxes, so to speak. Um, some people actually blame the smoking ban uh, from 2007. So before the year 2007, you could smoke inside pubs. Uh, after that, you had to go outside. And so some people think that because of that, it's, it's you know, it changed the dynamic a lot. And, and some people just don't want to go anymore. Um, other people think that, you know, because you can get cheap alcohol in supermarkets and, and buy alcohol online and things like that, that, you know, a lot of people just don't think it's worth going to the pub and, and things like that. So um, there are there are many elements and um, yeah, another thing is 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 just the um, I guess the changing of demographics and things. Um, England has always been uh, a country with quite a lot of different types of people here, but you know certainly modern Britain is is very multicultural, lots of different types of people, and um, yeah, maybe you know some pubs don't always feel that welcoming to everyone, right? You know, there's. Uh, I even, you know, as a native British person, uh, but as a person of colour, I can admit to to not always feeling all that comfortable in like every type of pub. You know, there are some little local pubs where they just have, you know, all the kind of old guys from that local area. It's like the same type of people going in there for the last 50 years. And it's the kind of place where they don't necessarily want new people going in. They just have their little area and it's like their own little private drinking club. Of course, that is not a very common situation. But um, yeah, you know, the thing with pubs is that you have to find the right one for you. I personally am not really a big fan of pubs. Other people, you know, they love spending their time there. They'll go as often as they can and, and you'll find everything in between so um, yeah unfortunately they're, they're, they are in decline pubs are declining a little bit but that's not to say that there's it's very likely you're going to be able to come to England in the near future and not be able to find uh, a pub because they are everywhere and uh, they have long been a part of our cultural identity and they will likely continue to be for quite a long time. So, um, yeah, I think that is everything that I wanted to go through in today's episode. Quite a lot of random information kind of thrown around in different bits. Um, maybe I should have organised it a little bit more. But, yeah, I've gone through everything that I thought was interesting, that I thought you guys might find interesting so yeah I'm gonna leave it there for today's episode but hopefully you have found it interesting as always uh, I love to hear from you guys I love to hear your thoughts about the podcast so if you have any thoughts about this episode or just the podcast in general feel free to get in contact with me you can contact me on instagram you can find me at unlocking british english you can email me unlocking british english at gmail.com or of course the best place to find me now is in our private learners group so if you haven't already click the link in the description wherever you're listening to this episode to join us there so yeah thank you very much for listening to today's episode i hope you enjoyed it and i look forward to speaking to you again in the next one.